Hey there, Nation of Conversation. I had a special request that I wanted to make of you before we get to this episode that I know that you're dying to hear. Uh, I would really love to hear all of you tell why you love tights and fights. Please email memberstories at maximumfun.org or leave us a message at 323-601-8719. That's 323-601-8719. And I need that by Friday, March 3rd. I would love to hear from each and every one of you, and we might even share what you have to say in an upcoming episode. Thanks. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. What's your favorite premium wrestling event? Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the role mod Hal, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the Devil's Radvocate, Danielle Radford. Hello. Uh, yeah, that, no, that's me. I'm sorry. I just think that maybe somebody should speak for the devil. Finally, somebody, Keanu Reeves isn't doing it anymore. You're going to be the new Devil's Radvocate? Well, I mean, Al Pacino is real busy. He's yeah. he's too busy doing Dunkachinos. He doesn't have time to be the <laughs> devil anymore. Oh, no. How now dare it's stuck you? in your head, isn't it? How dare I you? I did it. It's stuck no, in your head. I, I was triggered. Does that count? Dunkachino. <laughs> that voice you heard, by the way, is our special guest who we're happy to welcome here. Hi. You may know him from his YouTube channel, Dead Meat, and his series, The Kill Count. Please welcome James A., the masterpiece Janice. Welcome to Tights and Fights, James. Hey, thank you. I thought it might be the games, a Janice, or it's all about the games, a Janice, but that's, I'll take it. Thank you. I was I was thinking about it in the shower. I was like, what will it be? What will it be? So Thanks for supplying the ones that will be for you the next one. <laughs> there you go. Look, no pun goes wasted. It's never the same one twice unless Julian forgets. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first wrestling podcast that I've been invited really? to be on. So thank you. I've been shouting my wrestling fandom on my channel for years and years now, and uh, I, I no one's cared, I guess. So I'm glad that you finally were like, hey, you want to come talk about wrestling? I'm like, yes, thank you, finally. In the spirit of that, I do have a confession. I watched a bunch of kill counts, you know, as you do. And I just happened to um, to hear, I think like it was a Kenny Omega biting reference that was in a recent one. I think yeah. it was in the, in the Chucky episode. I went and I saw like, oh, hey, well, I guess I'll follow him on, on Twitter. You know, like he's a wrestling fan. I love to follow other wrestling fans. And then I saw, oh, he's actually following us. How funny. And then I looked in the DMs he'd sent me. And James had sent us a DM all the way back in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> saying, hey, if you guys are ever down to collaborate. Julian. I felt so bad. It was so <laughs> Such a random response to get, and I was like, "Yeah, like three years ago." And I was like, "Oh, it paid off. Cool." <laughs> I was so happy to get the look. Response. Sometimes our DMs are wild. I am glad that Julian checks those and not me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's Julian's you. fault because Julian be spicy. He don't always be wrong. Yeah, he's very often right, but he be spicy. If I were producing, you wouldn't have come on the show until 2027. That's fast in my world in terms of responding to those yeah. things and getting that going. So I've done that. I've responded to emails that are like three years old and just like, "Hey, I was finally making my way through my inbox. Right. Uh, is this still valid?" Or one of those things where it's like you go to search for something and then you see an email and you're like, okay, well, that is from someone who I have always wanted to work with that came in four years ago. (laughs) 
But because I didn't know them, it got bounced to, I'm sorry, the priority. And this is not a priority inbox podcast, but now it is. (laughs) It kind of ruined us because it it allowed us to um, use our main email addresses again for like signing up for stuff, which is a bad idea. And you got to stop doing that again. And then also like it, it just everything good gets hidden. Don't yeah. let Google decide what's important for you. Yeah, they they aren't great at it. I have another podcast and I'm the one who checks the email for that. And I one time I didn't for not one time. I wasn't checking it regularly. And I came across an email that was like, hey, I'm a TV development executive. And I was told that you and your co-host are people like somebody I should work with. And then I wound up having a conversation. It was like, tell us what kind of TV show you want to make. And if you thought I was bad at following up on emails, <laughs> just you wait <laughs> until you basically are like, hey, want to make a TV show? Anyway, I have a day job. Hi, do you like this candy store? Yeah. <laughs> Which candy would you like? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I have to smile to mask the pain. James, tell us about your wrestling fandom. Like, what what's what is your path in wrestling fandom been? When did it start? So I was a, a fan during probably the peak of wrestling and pop culture, 1999, 2000, maybe into mm-hmm. 2001. I was real young. I would have been like 10 years old when that started. I'm pretty sure. Wow, that's an attack. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, not meant to be, but uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the 99 Royal Rumble was the first thing I ever watched. And I remember getting really into wrestling and my parents not liking it because, <laughs> of course, I mean, it's their fault that we had a trampoline in the backyard. So, of course, I was going to do backyard mm-hmm. wrestling. You know, I had the Mayhem Wrestling Federation. I was Fireball. I had the Scorching Heat as my finisher, man. I got real into it, recruited all my friends in middle school. I had early digital cameras and would take them to school and, like, we'd be recording these little like two pixel videos of people doing stuff in the snow in Michigan during recess, like DDTs and shit. I was smart enough to ban pile drivers because I was like, oh, I don't want anyone to die. But we did do some stupid shit. Thankfully, no one got really hurt. And then eventually my interest waned around the invasion. Mm -hmm. I feel like I remember having the feeling of, wait, none of these stories are going to end. Is all just going to keep on going. And that's too much for me to like, I, I needed closure for things. So my interests drifted to other things, but I was so into it for that time that those things really stuck with me. When I started making my videos on dead meat, wrestling references would just make their way into scripts and fans would comment on it and be like, oh, I saw like you said, break the walls down Chris Jericho style. That's really funny. And so many people would pick up on those that I was like, maybe I should watch wrestling again. (laughs) So in 2019, I watched the Royal Rumble at a friend's house. And then since then, I've been really into it. It was a bad time to get into it. 2019, I think (gasps) it was Kofi Mania. Kofi Mania did a huge part in keeping Mm -hmm. me there because I was like, oh, this is a really cool story. Who's this weird evil hippie that I love, Daniel Bryan. Because for you, this is the best it's ever going to be. For months, we have had to listen to you as you claim to educate all of us. Now it's time for you to sit there, shut your mouth while I educate you. It was such an interesting introduction to all these characters in retrospect, because obviously I've gone back and done research on the 20 year gap that I had. (laughs) And it was like, oh, I came in when Daniel Bryan was this 
the eco heel uh, when Seth Rollins was. I think that his most bland as babyface mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, he won that 2019 Royal Rumble after like laying outside the ring the mm-hmm. entire time. And I was like, this is bullshit. Who's this Seth yeah. guy? And then it wasn't until he became the Monday Night Messiah after Survivor Series that I was like, oh, okay, he's actually interesting because he was just such a bland babyface to me yep. when I started. Did you go back and watch any S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff? I did. A li- I- I've tried to go back and watch like the big things that I missed and at the very least read a lot about them. But I remember when Kevin Owens kept popping up in the videos where he was like with his kids because he was gone and like he was coming back. I was like, oh, who's this weird guy who just looks like a wrestling fan? And people were like, no, 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 KO is great. I remember when Sammy came back and got this huge pop and then he was a dick to the crowd. I was like, oh, I like this guy. Uh And he wound up becoming my favorite. But it's been a fun journey. I did check out AEW when it came. And then last year, I like switched entirely to AEW for a while, even went to Double or Nothing in Vegas and saw Punk win the title, and then that all kind of imploded. And then when Triple H took over creative, that was when I was like, oh, I'm back on board with WWE. Because I did really stray from WWE when they were releasing all that talent, especially in the pandemic Mm -hmm. era. Mm -hmm. And when they got rid of my girls, the Iconics, I love them so (laughs) much. The day that they were cut, I was like, all right, you guys have lost me as a fan. Uh, This is going to be an interesting conversation to have. Just because you've gone in and out and then also filled in... And I think that's that's the nature of most wrestling fandom is you have something that hooks you generally at a young age, you're into it, and then you either outgrow mm-hmm. it or or you feel like it's not growing with you in the right way, like it can't doesn't hold your interest, whatever yeah. it is. So you leave, something yeah. brings you back. Either it's a video game or people who are watching your YouTube <laughs> videos and then you're back in and then maybe mm-hmm. you fade away. Now it's like I I mean it's yeah, I've been watching wrestling on and off for forty years, and I think I like yeah. I'll never <laughs> now so, I oh now will never stop. I'm just trapped in a plastic yeah. box with holes cut. Yeah, in. I was gonna say like yeah. Sometimes you get a podcast, yeah. and you have no choice but to, to watch, watch it every it. single week, so you have something to talk about. <laughs> Some weeks through the good, the bad, the ugly. But it is like you you talking about Triple H coming back is that is like the Vince era, especially of late before he left was like you would get a good mm-hmm. story you would get a Kofi mania it was like russian roulette there was one bullet in six chambers now it feels like five bullets in six chambers and that's way yeah. more enjoyable to watch and it's so funny the thing that keeps mm. me hooked now is the thing that turned me away as a kid and it's the fact that the storylines never end and that's ongoing because now i don't want to step away and then like miss cesaro's push mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't see when he was uh, fighting Roman. Mm. I missed that, and Cesaro's one of my favorites. And it's like, oh, damn, I, I missed this thing that could have been cool. I don't think it really was uh, from what I read, just because, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's just another person to fall to Roman. But it keeps me interested because everyone always says wrestling is soap opera and spandex, which it is. But I think it's just such a quick shorthand to say that without really thinking about the implications of how this is an unbroken linear fictional world Mm -hmm. that's been being told for decades and decades Mm -hmm. at least twice a week and has all this history behind it and has all these people especially now when the wrestlers are able to take better care of themselves and you can see them wrestle for 20 or more years in a row it's amazing to me and if you can tap into that history and that emotion to deliver good storylines with what like what they're doing with the bloodline now it's so satisfying and so that's why i am 
really excited to have someone new in charge of creative who might be more open to storytelling and less cuck angles. Because the the Lana Bobby oh, thing don't, that I can't. really oh yeah oh that? my goodness I yeah. forgot Liv, don't do that Liv to Morgan me. was involved in that oh. <sighs> and then we had like it wasn't a cuck angle but just like a weird thing between like Samoa Joe and Wendy oh, oh I, yeah nope, I'm gonna have to do my research I don't know what that is yeah. no don't you don't have to you can skip that chapter <laughs> yeah I'm, that's that's less cuck and more like the thing they do with two wrestlers where they know each other they've been like down the road. Or they're like, I'm going to use yeah. your family's real names. Oh, Wendy! It seems like we're making a lot of promises tonight, including one to come home and tuck in the kids. But guess what? Daddy's already done night-night. Well, as soon as you do that, the crowd's like, ooh, he knows, he knows AJ's <laughs> wife's name. Let's let's talk a little bit about what happened this week. Like we, we could talk about SmackDown. SmackDown is kind of irrelevant because it preceded the Elimination Chamber. We're going to be talking about the Bloodline specifically in our main event. So I want to set the main event aside. Elimination Chamber is one of those weird. I, I'm sure you've watched your fair share of them by now, but it's one of those weird yeah, events yeah. where generally it's like oh one good match. As a whole, it's always like a speed bump on the road to WrestleMania. It's, you know, you've had the Royal Rumble. Now we have to fill in and maybe figure out the rest of the card at this at this event. Well, I, f- mm. I feel like it does make sense as when you have two world titles uh, for men and for women to have this elimination chamber as the second world title challenger after the Rumble winner has chosen theirs. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense. Obviously, this year that doesn't really apply. And so we have the U.S. title up for grabs. Which is fine, but then again, if do you want to go from Rumble to WrestleMania without any pay per view in between, or I'm sorry, PLE in between, <laughs> uh, or will that make it kind of feel aimless? Right. I don't know. I wasn't there a few. weren't there a few times in the past few years where there was two uh, events between Rumble and yeah, WrestleMania? Fastlane was in there, and sometimes they even had um, when the I think it was shortly after the network was around, they had mm-hmm. Roadblock. It was just like a random like special where like Dean Ambrose took on yes. Triple H where they teased, hey, we'll upend the entire WrestleMania mm-hmm. card. Yeah, so whenever mm-hmm. there was like a fast lane, that felt really like wheel spinning. Yeah. This entire event was so goddamn good, it had no right to be as good as it was. I thought the Royal Rumble was great. I thought this was better. This is so much oh, yeah? better. It, it, like, <laughs> I, I love... One of the things Triple H has done, and I, I don't know t- the extent to which you, you've you've clued in on this or even care i don't know let's find out is the secondary titles the intercontinental title which was my favorite belt growing up because ricky the dragon steamboat had it and the u.s Mm -hmm. title have really just sort of diminished in value over the last 10 15 years maybe even longer they weren't at wrestlemania last year right i don't think so or at least the u.s title was not defended at wrestlemania last year it doesn't really matter you don't really remember like you just somebody gets the belt and then they're kind of shunted to the side in the triple h era both of those titles have meant so much that they that they can regularly and they can and do main event their respective shows gunther has main evented smackdown a ton Mm-hmm. Austin Theory can main event Raw. Putting that title on the line in a in an elimination chamber made it feel important. The women's match was fantastic. Like even you don't even have like sometimes it's not about the surprise of who's going to win. 
It's just watching the mm-hmm. story play out. And I thought all of the stories were fantastic. I, I feel like the most controversial match on the card was the the Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley match because it feels like oh we kind of got a cheap ending but I actually kind of like yeah. like if you force Brock Lesnar to cheat in order to win the match that's a huge victory like that means something in terms of sure. story yeah I was blown away by it top to bottom yeah and I, I agree about the mid card titles being elevated because I'm I feel like it's it was the very first shows after Triple H took over creative that they had those video packages about the history of each belt, mm-hmm. the Intercontinental Championship and the U.S. Championship. Because I remember those being one of the first things where I was like, oh, this is different. Like, Because uh, obviously, you know, that news happens and Triple H takes over. And so you're watching the shows and you're looking for, like, what's different? And I remember seeing those packages and being like, oh, okay, the mid-card belts are going to be important now. That's good. Because, again, like you said, they definitely did not feel that way the past few years. When it comes to WWE and all of wrestling right now, there's always been a crap ton of speculation. Anytime that there's rivalry or competition or whatever, there is always speculation. So all of the speculation over like, oh, well, Vince booked this. Well, Triple H booked that. At this point, I am letting go and letting gosh. Like, I don't know who is planning what, I only know how, like, what percentage of the show I enjoy and what percentage of the show I don't enjoy. But the great thing about the era that you're in, to your point, is I agree. It's also about it's good right now. We get to have that opinion because it used to just be like, I love this thing so much. Why does it hate me? Be better. (laughs) Be better. Because during 2019, that was my experience was I finally felt like. Danielle, don't say it. Danielle, don't say it. Danielle, don't say it. I'm going to say it. Julian, how, what it feels like when you like real sports and you don't like the winning team, like, and and the winning team (laughs) is not, like, your team is not the winning team. I should say that. But in 2019, it definitely felt like all of wrestling was its own, because that's kind of how I see it. I see all of wrestling not as people competing against each other, but, like, as its own team. And I was like, team's down bad. Yeah, but then AEW did pop up in 2019, and I feel like that did inject life into the the wrestling team, as it were. And I think you're right. Like, I feel like the wrestlers themselves feel that way. They're always talking about their their buddies and other promotions. They don't care. No. Like they want them all to succeed, yes. which is and that's the thing is like there are so many bad people involved in wrestling, but I feel like the wrestlers themselves nowadays, for the most part, pretty cool people. Like, I've made friends with some of them. Mm. Baron Corbin's been on uh, my channel a bunch (gasps) of times. He's just a sweetheart who loves his dogs and making barbecue. My wrestling viewing experiences, I watch all the weekly shows, and then for the pay-per-views, I'll have all my friends over who don't watch wrestling. And most of the time, they're there just socializing with each other. And I'm like, no, 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 please pay attention. Please pay attention. No, it's like the Super Bowl. You can't. And because I've been doing this since 2019, like I immediately brought them in and I I really engage them. Like I make fucking bingo cards. I have prizes (laughs) that they can win. Like I really try to get people to watch and pay attention. And and for years, it was like, please watch, even though it's not great. Just please amuse me. And now, <laughs> more recently, it's like, I, I don't have to beg them. There are people who are, like, really excited to, to see the next chapter of the bloodline. And I've never seen, and we'll get to it with the main event. I've never seen my, my room full of casuals more tuned in than the main event at Elimination Chamber. There was not a single word spoken during that main event. People were just like, 
eyes glued to the screen, even during the five minutes where they're just like circling each other. It was it was amazing. And I'm just so glad that finally this thing I've been advocating for is like good enough for my super casual friends who don't have that nostalgia element that uh, I have from having watched as a kid. Yeah. Great storytelling grabs people, doesn't matter what the medium is, and it may not make you an overall fan yeah. of the product, but it, it gives you a respect for what it has the ability to do. And you might, next time it's on, watch it with, with a less judgmental eye, because I think wrestling is one of those things, yeah. like almost anything, somebody can that has like a hyper-intense fan community is people are turned off by it and judge it. They come into it mm-hmm. with judgment of what what they believe it is. There's a preconceived notion. And when it's good, and I, I don't I would put that on a on a list of a, a very short list. Certainly nothing we've seen in the last twenty years comes close to having the ability to pull people in like that did. And continues yeah. to. It's mm-hmm. not it's not over yet. What do you think of of Jake Paul, who or Logan Paul rather, Jake Paul. That's the one I really don't like. Logan Paul showing up yeah. at the at the elimination chamber match to take out Seth. The worst thing about Logan Paul is how good of a wrestler he mm-hmm. is. Oh my god, that is literally like our touchstone. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you said, I don't think he's as bad as his brother. Mm-mm. I still don't love a lot of the things he does, but. God damn it, he can go in the ring and he gets it and it's like I don't Yeah, they're both shitty and I hate it. Uh, it's like I don't want him to be coming out during the rumble. It was so funny. I had everyone draw numbers and if their number won the rumble, they got a prize. Yes. And the person who had number twenty nine, I remember she was like so excited to see who that would be. And Logan Paul comes out and she's just like, What the fuck? Like she was so sad because I don't think she knew that Logan Paul wrestled. So it was just like, here and here's Logan Paul. It's like, what? <laughs> No! <laughs> Nobody asked for this. Please. No, but then he collides it. with Ricochet midair mm-hmm. from halfway across the ring, and everyone's <sighs> like, oh, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And he looked great coming yeah. in to disrupt Seth Rollins. That's the match that, that has been. And, and on the it'll be a already. good match. It will be. It'll yeah. be great. It's, you know, it's a step up. He's earned the right to wrestle Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay to hate it. <laughs> I don't like him, but I that's what's great. And it seems like they're leaning into him as the heel in this matchup. Which I, is I hope right so. Way that's the one thing. Like, I don't want him to be the face because no. I don't want to even, like, fake cheer for him. Just lean into him being who he is yeah. and let us boo him. And then it'll be okay. For sure. <laughs> Boo, that man. Yeah, no, like it is very much 100% one of those things where it's like, I don't want it, but God, he's really good. And I hate that for us. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in and does that stupid fucking buckshot lariat. And I'm like, I feel like, didn't he first do it right after Punk shat the bed on it? Like, because I remember seeing, because I was there at Double or Nothing when Punk, like, failed to do it twice. And then here comes Logan Paul. Which is probably why he's all injured now. Yeah. yeah. The other things in that match that I thought were great, Montez Ford, obviously, oh. had, had the big shot oh, in the match. On. He was great. I thought it was a coming out party for Johnny Gargano, too, for people mm-hmm. who are not familiar with his work in, in NXT and how important he was to that show and, and what he's capable of doing. It was just a great showing for him. It's really hard to, you know, Triple H is bringing people back, which is, it's nice. Some of the people he's bringing back, other people you're like, yeah, I'm less excited about this. That's fine. That's why they make chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry ice cream. Everybody has a favorite flavor. But it's hard to have that many people 
and serve all of them. Like, I'm a big SNL fan. SNL is at its best when it has a smaller cast because you get to see what all of them can do. As opposed to when they had like 15 to 18 people in the cast. There are a lot of people who aren't on the show every week. So mm-hmm. you forget about them, even though they're they're great and they go on to do great things elsewhere. This is like, mm. he, I think Triple H is doing a decent job. Maybe the, maybe the best he can do in terms of keeping people on television and, and giving them their moments. And, and this is a great one for both of them, for both Ford mm. and, and Gargano. And I'm glad that he's adjusted too, because I really, I just think of Karrion Cross, who mm. obviously I think Triple H personally really likes, because he makes his, his main roster debut and he's like looking at Roman Reigns. It's like, I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. But then the crowd just didn't react to him, which I, get, I, don't, I find him kind of boring. But then it seems like the adjustment was made, like, oh, they're not reacting to him. All right, it's a program with Ray instead of trying to like force him into the already mm-hmm. crowded upper mid card main title scene so i appreciate that i I really liked bronson reed in the elimination chamber the sequence that Mm -hmm. took him down with the one super kick two super kick three super kicks and then all the finishers like i love that for him i love this big old boy uh i want to see him and otis just kind of bowl their bodies at each other and Mm -hmm. hear bowling pin noises Uh, like i love that (laughs) it looks like we could get that looks like we got a little bit yeah i'm glad that they're leading to that even though otis is being courted by maximum male models Yes. Good for you, Otis. Like, he can make that work. Clap them cheeks, Otis. (laughs) Yeah. That ain't no BBL. That's all natural. (laughs) He'll get it. I don't think that's it. I don't think this is going to be the thing for him. But I get what they're doing. (sighs) Yeah. And I mean, you know, I loved, uh, uh, oh my God, him and Tucker. What were they? The blue. uh, Heavy machinery. Heavy machinery. Mm -hmm. I loved heavy machinery. I was sad that Tucky kind of got you know, fell by the wayside, but like Otis had the cool thing with Mandy. And then I was upset when he got paired with Chad Gable. Cause I was like, well, he just left Tucker to be with another tech, but then alpha Academy, I freaking love. So I feel like Otis can, can just make it work. Like the crowd. I think he just like him. singlets. <laughs> yeah. Just like taking the straps off. <laughs> Cause I think for a lot of us that does signal like, Oh, you wrestle, wrestle, you mm-hmm. wear a singlet. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that he's got the legit like amateur background too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Chad Gable's in that, in that weird position where he's on TV all the time because he's the guy you put on to give someone a good match. And like, he won't look any worse in defeat, but mm-hmm. it's a, it is a sand trap. It's hard to get out of that. And I, I hope he does because he's, I hope everybody's got a favorite like they why it's it's ridiculous they haven't put a world title on on X whether it's Cesaro mm-hmm. like you pick yep. mm-hmm. pick someone who's your favorite you're mad that they haven't been they should be in the main event every time they should have held the title 8 8 to 10 times by now he's definitely in that category of like he could do that if you if you gave him the program but that's also like not his job you like mm-hmm. sometimes you're Michael Jordan, sometimes you're Scottie Pippen, and if you're a basketball fan, you know exactly what that means. Sometimes you're Craig Hodges. Like there's room for everybody. You all win a championship <laughs> if you play the right way. Let's talk about the women's elimination chamber match. Oscar winning is certainly no surprise. The fallout of that is that we now see Oscar wrestle Bianca Belair, and this puts yeah. my theory to the test. I have a theory. Uh, James, about Bianca Belair, who I like very much and who I think is supremely talented. And that is that this championship title reign has been kind of flat and that her Mm -hmm. character has become boring in that it is the like, I know what I'm going to get every single time 
She's not going to surprise me with her promos. Mm. She's not going to go into another gear personality-wise. She's going to give me a great match, and she's going to win, and then we move on. I I think Asuka presents a great opportunity to reset her character and and take it to another level. As great as Bianca Belair is, I don't put her among, like, I wouldn't put her in the pantheon of of top performers in her division of all time because there's another gear. I know there's another gear for her. And I think when she hits it, you're going to be like, oh, I thought what she was doing before was great. This is a million times better. We have not gotten a main a main roster heel run from Bianca Belair. And I think that that is what she is best suited for. I think she is uh, as good a baby face as she is. She's an even better mm-hmm. heel. And I don't think we've seen it yet. Yeah, I didn't watch NXT just because, uh, you know, there's too much wrestling to watch. So mm-hmm. I've not seen heel Bianca Belair. Um, <gasps> Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I, I imagine oh. that she's great. Mm-hmm. I bet she's awesome. I mean, the heels always are fun. I it's hard to name someone who's more entertaining as a face than a heel. Yeah, yeah. So heel he- Bianca is where Bianca came up with the hair as, which is clearly an outside object that she was yeah, like, for it's, sure. Look. It's not a foreign object if it is foreign making my ponytail longer. Like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Someone should just wear, like, uh, fake super long fingernails and be like, what? No, they're my fingernails. Yeah. They're real. Scrap <laughs> it's yeah. like when you wear a brace or, or a cast. You can use it. It's yeah. part of your body. Or, like, D'Lo Brown's friggin' vest. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yes, the flag vest on D'Lo Brown so we can do the flag. Yeah. Here, here's my question. Sorry, uh, I was doing my D'Lo Brown. It just involved a lot oh, of oh, me packing the, my the, neck and being like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, it'll, real deal it'll hurt your neck. I don't know how he did yeah. it, but that oh, guy, D'Lo Brown is one of those guys who I'll go back and just watch random videos of compilations of it. Every move that guy put his whole body mm-hmm. into, it's just just his spine buster was beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. And he's an accountant, so he could do his own taxes. I'm sure he did well financially. <laughs> Danielle, Ooh. you were making all sorts of faces when I went on my Bianca Belair diatribe. Is that, are, were those facial, uh, were those facial expressions of agreement or disagreement? What's going I'm using a back scratcher and pointing at the camera. What uh, is going on? Okay, well, now I want to have my back scratched. That's so just my hand. Thank you. Well, so my thing is uh, um, with Bianca, obviously, she is in her John Cena phase. Mm-hmm. Um, she is in her, uh, I would say, Bailey and NXT phase, but not. She's really in her John Cena shit right now. Mm-hmm. My nodding was not me disagreeing with what you said, in so much as being like, we've already seen dope heal that version Bianca Belair. So I agree. It is time to switch it up and go back to heal Bianca. Um, I 100% think that like we got to get back to heal Bianca. But that face was like, well, what will she do? The original heel version of Bianca hadn't lost anything. She came in as a heel. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, and I'll just be. What new has happened Yeah, to her? I'll just be super honest is that like we have not built up enough female female god what am i for ringy we have not built up enough (laughs) women's division black women to get into that face space for me to be like oh yeah just turn her heel i'm like well then who i need i'm sorry i need more women of color to like be in the face space and established at a point where it's like you are a person who could fight becky you are a person who could fight oscar you are a person who could fight her before it's like, oh, well, let's just turn Bianca heel. Because, like, I do, 
I like this. I want the swappies. Do you think if this run turns stale, for let's say that that the the creative team at WWE agrees with you, so we 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 think that this is important. Therefore, we're not going to turn her heel. She goes stale. Mm. Crowd loses interest. They kind of turned on her anyway. Don't you think in the hands of the wrong creative team? I'm not saying this is that, but I'm saying there's there's definitely a reaction to like this isn't making us money anymore. That they would go, mm. we can't do this again. It's not going to make us money. We already did it once. And, and like, isn't that the danger with like a bunch of yeah. white people writing stuff for a black woman? It's like, well, it didn't work, even though they've done the same thing over and over again with right. with straight white dudes. Do you guys think that she's getting fewer cheers now than she was? Because I feel like even though people online have the tendency to to think it's gotten stale, I I feel like live audiences are still super into her when she comes out. You're 100 right. They are. You know? Oh no, I and, agree. I, I yeah, I agree. There is always gonna be a difference between the live crowd and the IWC. Now that they know that there's a market in little girls, they're going for the market of like, hey, girls like wrestling? And it's like, yeah, bitch, we always used to make our Barbies fight. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I used to like take my laundry basket and turn it over and literally use it as the Thunderdome for my Barbies to fight. Like, yes, we have always liked this weird thing, but it's, you know, um, they don't know what to do with it when they have it. I do agree that Bianca, I would love to watch Bianca turn. I just don't know which, I'm sorry, dark skinned female elevates and takes her place. Mm -hmm. And until we're at a point where we have one of those, I'm kind of like, and I know, I don't don't care. I know any politics. I've talked about how important it is to be seen and feel seen. Mm-hmm. I am at the point where I'm like, look, if, if we get bring up none of the oh, I like NXT, I love NXT, they're not ready. But like if we get like a lady that's ready who maybe comes back, who maybe her name is Trinity, yeah. um, that can yeah, come was, back and exactly be that athletic black fucking baby face, mm-hmm. then I'll feel better about it. I worry about it when um, there is no one darker skin to take her place. I think that's what gets her there. That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm on about. As as Lindsay would say, right, Lindsay? Lindsay had to unmute, but Lindsay concurs. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, that's right. Lindsay's here. Y'all thought my love, my one and only. Y'all thought we didn't have Lindsay here, but there she is. Hello, James. Hello. Hi. I was having a lovely listen. I thought Lindsay was going to be like, "This show is actually really boring when you don't get to participate." I'll be back in a minute. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, how do people listen? Just me and my friends talking about wrestling. I have just done so much nodding in the last seven and a half minutes. Just like, "Mm, mmm, Naomi. Yes. Right. Mm, excellent <laughs> points. Mm, it's great. I had, a, I had a lovely time. Yeah, that's the thing I'll say about watching with a bunch of casuals who don't watch wrestling. I love getting their perspective and seeing things through their eyes. For instance, all of them were like, oh, Sammy's definitely going to win it tonight, right? Because yeah. after the video package, they're like, he has to win it after this story. But one of the things that I always clocked was when Naomi was like in the rumbles or anything instantly everyone was so into her mm-hmm. like wwe needs to get her back whatever they can do to get her back please bring her back mm-hmm. she can't just be on bar rescue like pulling faces in the <laughs> yeah. background come on naomi come on we need you please maybe oh, she could be on d- barmageddon mm-hmm. yeah. no. <laughs> your, your staff is in the back drinking beers out of the tap meanwhile your customers are out there with glow sticks doing splits that's my John Taffer impression. Um, I want to talk about the Judgment Day, uh, Rhea and, and Finn 
versus Edge and Beth. I want to hear your thoughts on it, but I also want to ask James, were your your friends who are non wrestling fans were they immediately drawn to Rhea like yes. like like flies yeah. to like a monster to everyone. flame like you can't everyone wants Rhea to step on her come yeah. on like we it love doesn't Mama. matter who you are everyone's into Mama. Rhea she's yeah she's she's fantastic she's great everyone really is into Dom and just because of the, his character work everyone <laughs> it, it immediately comes through wow. it's great and then they've been watching long enough to know Edge. And I've explained like, oh, no, he was gone with a broken neck. So everyone's like, yeah, we love Edge. I've seen a few episodes of Vikings, so he's he's pretty cool. (laughs) Have they ever seen Money Plane? (laughs) Ever seen, oh, Money Plane? Is he in that? He's uh, the, he is, is money, money plane. plane. He, stop this episode wait, immediately. Wait, money Julian. plane like like the heist with like the the plane and yes, everything. Yes, where, they, where they put Bitcoin. You want to see a man fucking <laughs> alligator? <laughs> money plane. Like it's, they put Bitcoin on a plane. Yeah. It's the greatest movie He's of the all star time. of money plane. I didn't realize he was the star. Hell yeah! So you have to follow oh, Joey shit. Lawrence's rules on the money plane, or else you're. In oh trouble. my god! I need to watch that. It's magnificent. It's only like fifty minutes long. Like it's not a full <laughs> movie. It's like maybe 62 minutes long it's not that's a perfect movie. more movies should be that it came, the dvd agree. came with slurpees at 7-eleven for like a month <laughs> <laughs> it's just that length Lindsay, uh what were your thoughts on the judgment day v uh v the edge and and the grit and couple yes the grit that's right couple. the grit couple the grit which couple. was only a good mm. counter against the it couple i like i see yeah. what you did but don't make me remember a thing i give them a better <laughs> name work. they deserve it i loved that they really let beth and Rhea have the spotlight for the majority of it because it would have been so easy to just let it be finn and edge again although i think they're gonna do that again you guys i don't know what gives it away but i think edge and finn might go again (laughs) at a big show sometime soon um but i just really love to see like i love the lita of this week you know i really love to see these women who maybe didn't get their full due getting a chance to just get the spotlight for a minute um Mm -hmm. and like james said ria is just so over we had friends watch it who don't watch wrestling also who had only seen the last 20 minutes of the royal rumble before this and they watched the whole (laughs) elimination chamber and the first thing they messaged us about was was this match because they were like what they have couples matches this is crazy i was like you (laughs) should go back and see the mixed match challenge it's the greatest thing they've ever done Uh, (laughs) rescue dogs do rock but um yeah i loved it i thought they really nailed it it, it had to be Finn, you know, because I'm like, who's going to get pinned? And it's like, wait, it it has to be Finn. There is no other way around this. But yeah. Rhea taking the mm. glam slam on the outside, Rhea's face, oh, yeah. every time her expressions are incredible. And like you said, Dom's character work is consistently fantastic. I mean, he saw mm-hmm. some stuff, man. He's been through some stuff. Yeah. He drank some toilet he wine. He made prison wine. Yeah. Know. It's tough. It's a tough life. What? But I, I mm-hmm. thought it was a perfect midpoint for the show just like a real reset real fun just get everyone on their feet get everyone that was the most hyped crowd i've ever seen i don't know if they needed to be further hyped but further hyped they were what a yeah. treat montreal crowds they're they're uh they're they're big just because this is like i said this is my first wrestling podcast i've been on i don't think it was an element in this particular uh mixed tag match but I just want to complain about the hot tag in mixed tag matches because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense when, like, the, the two women are, like, crawling over to tag tag the guy. Because it doesn't matter because as soon as one tag happens legally, that, both guys would have to get yeah. it. So whenever there's, like, one of those hot tag 
sequences and it makes I get real mad because I'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who reaches the other just one first and you both have to enter have a lie down yeah. just lay there just yeah, lay exactly. in the middle of the ring like there's nothing they can do <laughs> you know I know you don't like the nickname Lindsay but there's one cool thing about grit rhymes with shit exactly ah! rhymes with shit um <laughs> But let's let's talk about something other than WWE before we go to our break. Mercedes Monet had her first match as part of New Japan, where she won the IWGP Women's World Championship from Kyrie Sane. Who watched that? I did. Me, me, me. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I have. I'm saving the whole show. This week just keeps going by. I've been saving the show for four days at this point. <laughs> like, well, when I get time, I'm gonna watch the whole thing. Uh, I did see a wig, though. I appreciated that. It's better than the last one. So Sasha came out in tribute gear to um, Hana, who um, some of you might know from, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, the reality show, The Something House. Um, she was a wrestler for the promotion, Shimmer, and she unfortunately passed away. And Sasha did full, like, cosplay tribute to her. And it was really sweet and special. And like people who worked with her, people who loved her made a point to be like, thank you very much, Mercedes. Like this was very beautiful. So Mercedes comes out in this tribute. Um, Everything is miles better than it was than her initial performance uh, and her debut in New Japan, where you can tell she was like really nervous and had been traveling and kind of like, even if you're acting and doing other stuff, you got to shake off ring rust. That match was 10-10 for me. And I went into it with lowered expectations because like, you know, uh, Mercedes has like these new moves and Kyrie is also doing new things. And it was really good. Honestly, the only thing about that match that I was really like, I don't like this, is the part when Mercedes music got to the verse where she raps. And I was like, not for me. Um, but everything else was really great. I loved the love that Mercedes got. Trinity, aka Naomi, was there. Pam, um, aka Bailey, was there, losing their minds. Um, Tamina was there. There was like a bunch of people there, and they were trying to like hide in the back, but they're all wearing these like shirts or suits or whatever with this like cash dollar, like this like you know, actual dollar bill um, themed outfits. It was, uh, everyone who knows me knows I am, uh, I love, love, and I love when people support their people. And I love how much support um, Mercedes got. And I loved that moment when there was that respect shown when the belt was passed over and the belt was placed upon her hips. And yes, that wig was way better. Uh, We don't have the news on this yet. But tonight, on we record this on Wednesday evenings, Dynamite is happening as we speak. It is being capped off by Tony Khan making a huge announcement. In all likelihood, going to be the second forbidden door. This could open up the ever-forbidden door that is uh, just some... Uh, you know, some saran wrap. Another woman's match? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, never. But this could, he could burn that one women's match on Forbidden Door and have Mercedes Monet come in to wrestle. Is that appealing to any of you? Who would she wrestle? <laughs> um, I mean, they have so many girlies. Miro? She could wrestle Miro on Dark. No, I mean, they have so many women. There's no excuse they anymore. Do. If they got 
Mercedes. They have such mm-hmm. a stacked roster. It, I just don't believe it anymore. I, I wanted to be optimistic, Hal, for so long. You know that. Did you? Oh, for yeah, so you did. long, I tried to say... What did I tell you? you I try. said, more Tony Khan. Please stop giving me women's <laughs> matches. I hate them. And they just don't have... Where's not Ember, because that's not her name, but she's so rarely on TV, I've forgotten. They have so many people. So many people. It should be... Yeah, I want to see Nyla. I, oh, gosh. Nyla versus Sasha, or Mercedes. Right? Where's Sunny Kiss? Where are these people? Give me all my bangers. Uh, you just put Mercedes versus Sunny in my head, and it will never leave. <laughs> oh, well, it'll yeah. also never happen. So, like, don't get used to it. And not on <laughs> well, AEW. maybe on the indies. Maybe on the indies. Or maybe, like, at Sasha's house. But, like, not on Dynamite. Like, <sighs> Prove it. me wrong, oh, Tony. I'd say I'd say he's not listening to this, but that motherfucker listens to and watches everything. Dude, he might, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He might uh, be outside my house. That might be the announcement. He's actually a big Kill Count yeah. fan, so he's just going to be. Oh, James oh, was on this one. Okay. <laughs> well, they probably love what I'm doing. They're on the internet. <laughs> James, uh, is there somebody you would like to see Mercedes Monet wrestle? Uh, are we talking about with AEW? Uh, since, yeah, yeah, with yeah, AEW, yeah. is there somebody on that roster that you three think the yeah, I, I I've the been away from AEW for a little while just because I got sick mm-hmm. of seeing wrestlers that I loved fight people who I had never heard of before and go for twenty minutes and then beat them. Uh, which is fine, but I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of Jade. You know, I, I I've liked to watch her improvement mm. in the ring, and I got to talk to her about Evil Dead, which was really cool. Like she's just a, a fun person. Um, so maybe Jade, I don't know. I, I like it. I It'd like be it. really fun. And it would be great for Jade because Jade is, it's wild that she's still mm. so new and, and she has been like, really, you can see like the effort and everything she's doing to try to get better. Her against, um, Mercedes would just be like, like it would push her, you know? Yeah. It yeah. would push her. It's, it's just a class for everyone. Yeah, it yeah. would be amazing. See where you are and where, where, where you have room to grow. I agree. That'd be fun to watch. If you've got any thoughts on the final weeks before WrestleMania, you can tell us about them in our Facebook group and find us on all the other socials via the links in the show notes. When we come back, we are talking all about Montreal's hometown hero. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy, but the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. And... James A. Janice. This week, we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to... Anal bleeding. Whoa! Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE. I love Kate! On a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? 
forget how long that is sometimes. <laughs> and when we have company over, I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. All right. Let's see, Let's see how they feel about sitting through 15 seconds of this. Should be longer. My favorite thing about it is if you've never listened to this show before, you could just listen to that and you would know everything that we're about. That's all you would need to know to be like, oh, it's that kind of podcast. And then you know you're out. And I I support that, Julian. Thank you for your tireless work. Vibe check. Yeah, right? Exactly. It's a courtesy. (laughs) Sami Zayn got a hero's welcome at his hometown of Montreal this past Saturday. Unfortunately, he came up short in his battle for the undisputed WWE Universal title. Let's discuss where all the major figures in this story are going as WrestleMania approaches. James, you're a big Sammy fan. He's my as favorite. You, as you stated before. He's my favorite. How did you feel after the match and and now knowing that his attention is going to be elsewhere going into April? Like, where are you with him? I'm sad. Because when I was a kid, Mick Foley was my favorite. And Sammy mm-hmm. feels in many ways like a Mick Foley type character, you know, the underdog, really scrappy. I just think Sammy is, one, a really good person in real life, which, you know, does a lot for me. That that gives him that extra oomph of, like, being appealing as a wrestler. But he's also just seems to be the one who, like, most gets storytelling and acting. Whatever he gets, whether it's the conspiracy angle or feuding with Johnny Knoxville or whatever, he just always takes it and runs with it and just gives it his all. And I love that about him so much. And so when this whole storyline with the bloodline started, uh, you know, it was jokey at first and and just with the Usos, and then it was him and Roman, and and like you could tell that they were all just clicking and. You know, I, I listened to your guys' Royal Rumble episode uh, earlier today just to kind of refresh myself and, and, and see where your guys' headspaces were at. And you were talking about how this angle, this bloodline angle, is, you know, one of the best wrestling storylines ever. And I agree. It, it's it's the most emotionally invested I've ever been watching wrestling. And it's the thing that, like I said earlier, is grabbed the casual fans who I watch with and, and made them pay attention and made them take this whole thing more seriously than they would otherwise. And I think that it's, it's just in large part due to Sammy and his work and Jay and Roman, really everyone involved is just acting their asses off. And, and there's so much storyline to it. And it, I'm just sad because I know the direction they're going. And I think Cody is a a cool guy. I think he's a, a great worker, a good athlete, but it does feel to me as though we got the the big guy from AEW to come over here. We're going to next year at WrestleMania, he's going to take down Roman and take the titles. And then they just like refuse to veer from that. I don't know if it was contractual or what, but like that was their plan. And even though Cody left due to that injury after that gnarly match, Hell in a Cell, you know, super impressive. But in his absence, they came up with something so good and it just feels – I keep seeing people say, well, it has to be Cody because Sammy's not the guy. You know, they can't make Sammy the face of the company. He's not that guy, which I guess – but that that sounds to me like, oh, he doesn't look cool or good enough to earn this thing – to have this thing that he's earned through sheer work and determination. Mm-hmm. And I know that if it's him and KO versus the Usos and they take the tag titles, that would be cool in their own right. Good for them, the real-life friends. But it still just feels like a demotion to me. He fought Baron Corbin on Raw. Like, that, That I was like, oh, man. And I love Corbin. I love Corbin. Yeah. But, like. But didn't it feel like they were trying to manage your expectations? 
<laughs> they were like, look, yeah. look, you got your, you got your thing. And now, look, let's put him back in the box in which yeah. he belongs. Yeah, a and little bit. All, yeah. A little bit. If the long-term booking was to always have it be Sammy Kevin versus the Usos, mm-hmm. if that was, like, six months ago, if that was their plan, I can 100% see from their perspective how they really thought they were giving us a treat at Mania for that. Because if the Bloodline story with Sammy just becoming everyone's god hadn't happened and it was just that he was just part of the bloodline part of the bloodline part of the bloodline and then we watched him convince sammy to team with him against the usos and we got to see the besties become tag title champs at mania that would have been amazing but like you Mm. say that would have been amazing and super satisfying if if we hadn't had everything that we've had in the last two months and now it's just kind of like Oh, my, yeah. I wanted it. I wanted to see my boy lift the belt of mania. And so bad. I think that a lot of us, because um, of the way that Sammy's character has been presented for the last couple of years, I think a lot of us forget that he's like a beard trim, a facial, and a haircut away from being a ginger Disney prince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I invite everyone to go back and watch that NXT arrival match of uh, Sammy versus Cesaro and just watch two beefy boys uh, go at it in an absolute banger of an incredibly technical match that's also super fun to watch. And then mm-hmm. tell me that he's not poster boy material. Look, wrestling is about body types. It's about whatever. It's like casting a video game. So you have to kind of recognize that. And part of it is, is that they want dudes who look a certain way. And sometimes that way is, I want you to look like you could press someone's head directly into the mat and make them like ask you for it. And with Sammy, it is very much like he strategically grew out the hair, grew out the facial hair to be that character. And I'm not saying that hair, that facial hair is bad, but I am saying that for the sake of like really getting into his baby face era, he gotta do a reveal. He gotta do a post makeover reveal. I thought that's what the hoodies were leading to. Right, I, I will, <laughs> I'll pay for the montage myself. I will buy clippers and travel to wherever he is. Oh my I, God, I, I want to be a supermodel <laughs> and my hair will shine like the sea. No, exactly. Like, that's what I want. I want like that makeover montage where it's like, um, I'm sorry, WrestleMania <laughs> goes Hollywood and we're not going to do a Devil Wears Prada makeover montage on Sammy. It's, it's right there. This is the lowest hanging fruit. Come on. Come on. They're all in his size, but, you know, Kevin will make it work. <laughs> so beautiful. They could do Clueless. They could do Devil Wears Prada. I mean, it's endless. Uh-huh. They could do 27 dresses. Just, I, I'll do it for free. I'll write this for free. Come on. Come on. Because now, cause he is, I'm sorry, his act three is literal, oh my God, literal, like, you know that scene in, um, uh, that scene in the room where Mark walks in without the beard and Tommy's like, oh my God, baby fat. Like, that is what we need, is the act three of Sammy coming in is like, Oh my God, Babitha. Like, that's what we need. That's not racist because he's not from anywhere. <laughs> and he sells his underwear at conventions. Uh, Wait. Underwear and jeans. Yeah. <gasps> we'll mm-hmm. talk more after the Once show. Once a hustler, Hal. Once you know a what? That's as deep as the conversation goes. James, <laughs> you, uh, you are a storyteller 
and we've been talking about this story. You heard us talk about it at at uh, in our Royal Rumble rap. And and that, something that strikes me as I go is like at first like this story is about Sammy and his arc, and then I go oh, no wait it's not. I watched the match at Elimination Chamber. It's about Jay, mm-hmm. the first guy who mm-hmm. was jumped into the bloodline. Yep. Yeah. Then I then I think about it for thirty seconds and I go no, it's about Roman trying to hold on to everything as it falls apart. <sighs> James, what is the story here as far as you're concerned and? Where do you want to see it go? Not where should it go, because that's yeah. Kind of I mean, a as a Sammy Mark, my ideal mm-hmm. path would be Sammy takes the the championship from Roman, and then the end of the bloodline is Jay beating Roman. I think that that should be the conclusion of the bloodline storyline, because like you said, it started mm-hmm. with Jay. I feel like it should end with him. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, maybe you could argue that Jay should have the belts as a Sammy Mark. I'm like, no, maybe he should. Cause also I'm just like, please, this might be his only chance. I don't know. I would have loved to see the rock involved somehow, just since he is in real life, part of that family. But I guess what he wasn't, is, is he just Done? Is, is Dwayne done with I, the I understand he's very busy done. on the Stairmaster, um, from what I Eating see pancakes. on Instagram. Just extremely <laughs> busy on the Stairmaster, knocking back Terramana. Like, the man's got a plan. And like, I know, I know he's, this. Yeah, I know he's 50, but like, oh yeah, an XFL too. Good call. That's, yeah. but like, mm-hmm. it, it almost, it's, it almost seems like he feels like he's, he's past wrestling, yeah. right? Yeah. It's hard to say, right? They did a whole storyline. I don't remember. Was it SummerSlam last year? I don't remember. Where it was like, oh, we're going to base this around Red Notice, (laughs) The Rock's new movie on Netflix starring The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. And we're going to like have this egg everyone has to do everything with. The Rock's never going to show up, but this is what a week's worth of shows and one major pay-per-view is going to be about. It's like, The Rock's not coming. Oh, and it was also the anniversary of the first time he was in a pay-per-view and he didn't show up. And then that same week or like within the same month, he pre-recorded a message for like a really big anniversary milestone for Kurt Angle and Impact. Yeah, it feels like personal beef right like it, it feels to me like that that to me at that time felt like fuck you i'm not coming i wonder why and what it would be now i saw the triple h press conference i think it was after was it after the rumble when he talked about it when they asked if he would be involved and he was like doors always open my phone's always on but i know that he won't do it unless he can do it properly um which i get he's you know he's not gonna half-ass it like i mean mm. austin theory teasing cena that's on Raw this week, that's all you need to do to set up Cena just showing up on the day. You know, Cena doesn't yeah. care. Cena's going to come in, take his top off. You know, attitude adjustment, Austin Theory. Next. I mean, it's KO and Stone um, yeah, Cold. The Rock from won't last year. do it, right? Exactly. He'll do it yeah. in a day. But I guess The Rock is like he's The Rock, so he's got to. You know, we all saw those photos of him explaining how licensing works at DC uh, to all those Look. very, very unimpressed licensing executives. I. <laughs> I think that he had has uh, been spending a lot of time trying to allegedly, I don't know, finesse DC. I think that him and Danny, Danny Garcia's Stop DC it, finesse maybe didn't work out the way they needed to. And now they're trying to re-strategize. Yeah, so I think it is possible space. we'll see him back in like the next year just for him to be like, hey, remember, I'm cool. Young Rock's cool. Uh, it, it, it's all fine. Black Adam, it, it, 
change the hierarchy of the I gotta go. Um, so we'll find <laughs> And it. register to vote. Uh, 2032. Yeah. Exactly. Um, drink tequila. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he also, there's that. a there's an insurance issue. Like, it's hard. He's harder to insure when he does stuff yes. like that for, for future movies. I don't think. True that, story. Like, Black Adam's not the end of his career, just like Rampage wasn't the end of his career, just like that movie. Rampage where is a fantastic like, film, and I will stand by it. I've seen it like three times. Two of those times Dude. were on planes. Listen, and one you of know them I love drunk, gorillas. And I enjoyed it. Look, he punches animals in the face that are like big animals. It's great. How was Skyscraper? Because my girl Nev Campbell's in that, even though yeah, they I didn't saw that. say Your her girl name. and mine, James. Your girl, same birthday. Oh, really? I've always felt very close Sydney to Prescott? Oh. Yeah, and not just that one time I followed her around Gelson's just because we were in the same supermarket. And I was like, oh, she's going to see me. I have to stop. But it was one of the most excited I've ever been to see a celebrity. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> so I can confirm for you that it, it was fine. It, oh. was, it was totally fine. I remember seeing the trailers for it and then seeing her in the trailer, but then not saying her name at the end of the trailer and me being like the disrespect mm. yeah mm-hmm. it's that one episode of Mad Men she did all over yeah. again fuck yeah. all over again this <laughs> is now a Nev Campbell you. podcast <laughs> we'll not stand for the erasure we won't stand for it pay her enough for scream she has a kid it's about the right age let's get Nev to mania come on <laughs> yeah. new campaign new campaign it's Jillian. time yeah <laughs> hashtag Nev Campbell for mania so with with Sammy off the table now don't say that the a triple threat's now. always possible Maybe. It is I, possible. It I is possible. I had a plan for it. I figured a way it would work. Oh, and I know Danielle doesn't like three dudes because two dudes, and I agree with that. But I was like, what if Cody came out on Monday? It won't happen now because it's it's been and gone. It's not Monday, but it's yeah. like Cody could have come out and said, I, wanted, I said I wanted to fight Sammy. I still want to fight Sammy. You got cheated out of this. I'm sick of seeing Roman cheat his way out of these things. I want you in the match too. And they could have, like, he could have demanded it. He could have said, you deserve to be in this match. And, and then one and falls for one belt. You. And then the next falls for the other belt. Right, and then, something, and just anything happy. to put my boy in so I can go home happy on Please. April 2nd. It just, no. you know, um, like, obviously this reign has to end at WrestleMania. It's just, it has to. If it's going to end, they mm-hmm. might, maybe they'll do the thousand thing. But they weren't going to end it at a B pay-per-view elimination chamber, right? But no, no, exactly. if they had... I feel I just feel mm-hmm. like the the moment would live forever. It it'd be Eddie uh beating Brock at mm-hmm. not a WrestleMania. It just that, no crowd, with, that crowd's not going to be matched by uh, I I'll be in attendance yeah. at WrestleMania for yeah. night 2. It's not going to be like that. There are very few moments where the stars align like this. This moment in time one of the most emotional nights in WWE. I only worry what would have happened to the city of Montreal if if he had one. Oh, you know, because that crowd was so hot already. <laughs> oh yeah. But it does, yeah. I, it, it just does seems like a, missed, a little bit, like moment of history. Can he be involved? Maybe though. Do they win the belts on Saturday night and then Sammy shows up on Sunday to like? Does he accompany Cody to the ring and be like, "I'm here to see the final brick fall"? Maybe. And does he fuck Roman somehow? It like, just I'm feels fine like such that. a demotion. I don't know. I know, I yeah. know. It, it is, is a it is. But, you know, that, but then maybe Cody says, you get first defense. Yeah. Know, or maybe. like, you, you can... And then beats him. Yeah, and then beats yeah. him. <laughs> 
It, there's no there's no version of this where you try to insert Sammy in that he doesn't come out looking worse. If you I put know. him in for a triple threat, he's the one who eats the pin so that Roman can yeah. keep the title. Exactly. But I do think that that's the thing. I think they they really thought they were giving us what we wanted by giving us the tag. Just objectively, I totally see how six months ago Triple H was like, they'll lose their shit if we make Sammy and Kevin tag champs at Mania. Because they just didn't know this was going to happen. And, and to be entirely fair, there are lots of people who are all in on and on Cody and think it's the better story than Sammy. And like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I'm on the subreddit and all the threads are are like pro Cody and anti Sammy. Well, don't go but on a subreddit. I, I know that's my first problem. But <laughs> like, yeah, they shouldn't do that. like I know that they're all the like oh. Cody's going to get booed. And I never believed that because he is over. He's he's over with yeah. the crowds. And I'm happy for those people who are super into that storyline. Uh, I'm just, I'm happy for them because it's going to go their way. But it just, I don't know. It, it just feels. I mean, I'm excited insane. to sing this song. Yeah. I will say that. You, you, you'll do well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, sure, I'll do it. I can't stop it. I know it's bad. I know that objectively it's terrible, but I can't stop myself. I love he that He did make song. a joke about being like, oh, everyone usually just says it Cody Rhodes and you guys know the thing. Yeah, because it should be. I'm sorry. I have breaking news. <gasps> it's not important. Adam Cole just announced that AEW is about to do a backstage reality show. Oh, okay. Is that the announcement? Yeah. Hold on. It's on Variety. The series is titled AEW All Access and expected to debut on TBS in March. It will follow some of the company's biggest stars, including Adam Cole, Britt Baker, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti, The Young Bucks, Soraya, Wardlow, and Eddie Kingston, along with Khan. Sorry, I just dislocated my jaw yawning at that. Each episode will see them week to week as they seek to remain at the top of the company. We're getting Tony Deves. We're getting Tony Deves. They've got a couple of real life couples in there. This looks oh. terrible. <laughs> this looks like a yeah. terrible idea. I'll watch it. It's not Nikki Bella says I do, is it? I don't want to watch Britt no. Baker says I do. I only want to see Nikki Bella says I do. I'm happy for the people who are on the show. Just give them the money that they would get for being on TV. Let them live their lives. If you're going to have another half hour to hour of programming every week. Make it your wrestling. I, I would honestly rather scoop out my own eyeballs and watch Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara do anything. Do anything. They couldn't pay me to watch this, and they do pay me to do this, so technically I am being paid to watch it, and I still won't watch it. Yes. Pass yeah. that on, Oh, Julian. I'm going to watch it. Back. Maybe it's, like, fun. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Toad's Divas, I did not. I thought Toad's Divas was going to be a fail, and it wound up being really good. No I am giving Deves. everything the benefit of the doubt this week. And if you watch Honest Trailers next week, you'll understand why I have to do that. I am giving everything the benefit of the doubt this week. Benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's good. You know what's interesting about, about Total Divas, specifically the first season, before the majority of, of those women became famous for being on Total Divas, is it actually gave, in in what I believe is an unintentional way, a look at how damaged their women's division was in terms of matches being cut at Mania, how difficult it was to oh, vie yeah, for television really time. Was a ton of it staged? Yes. But did it give you a look at people who weren't getting on TV? Yes. This show is a bunch of people who are on TV. And it, it's more of them. It's the Wardlow of it that's thrown me. <laughs> so when I was reading through the people that are going to be on it, and they're like, and, I, and Wardlow, sure. <laughs> uh, like maybe he's hilarious maybe he is like a fascinating character and that's what I'm I'll sure. learn 
that's really disappointing if it's not if Forbidden Door is not the announcement. That is the announcement. It's I thought it was going to be a separate Ring of Honor show. Oh, they kind of already oh, yeah. announced that. There's a lot yeah, going on right now. Show. We don't know what's going to happen oh. with Is that itself. on streaming? That's on streaming, though, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you exactly Sorry. why it's not on TV. It's because the the people who actually cash checks and would set up a TV show don't think it would be very successful, and they're totally right. I don't think yeah. it would be very this successful. Is, this is the problem. Say. I tuned out in the lead-up to Forbidden Door. when it. I want to watch people I know, and I'm willing to like meet new people, but not every show and every match. Like I only, my brain can only care about so many people, and especially if they come in for a match and then leave. I'm like, well, why did I spend my time with that? All right, look, there's a lot to process here. We're all gonna have to process it. Uh, if you want to process this with us in a public space, that's what our social network accounts are for. You can find the links to those in our show notes. When we come back, let's go positive. We got some stuff from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Titan Fights. Hello, dreamers. This is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, Steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Mur- murder them? I'm gonna wreck it. They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera, or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime. Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase, the Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. Titan Fights Podcast. Tyson Fights. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Hal Loveland. I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And, but also... James A. Janice. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. James, you are our guest. It would be a great honor if you would go first. What would you like to put over? I've been doing dead meat for almost six years now and one of the things i'm most proud of is the recent horror royal rumble video that my wife chelsea and i did wherein she created 30 horror characters of uh varying levels of notoriety some down to very side characters but created them all in wwe 2k19 and then we assigned them all different entrances and and songs and move sets and then we had a randomized Royal Rumble where they were all controlled by computer characters. And then we watched it in real time without knowing what was happening and gave commentary on it. And <laughs> I just, I love how it wound up. Uh, some very good storytelling and booking happened, thankfully. And it was really good stuff. I mean, like one of the things, it, Stephen King came out and eliminated Pennywise the Clown his own creation (laughs) and just like all these fantastic little beats happen. Had it coming. It it was so good. And then the winner was awesome too. I won't spoil it, but it is one of my favorite things we've ever done. And we'll definitely do it every year from now on because the reception was good. And we want to make more characters to uh, join the fray for the wrestling world though. I just want to put over Chad Gable. He's one of those guys who like we were talking about earlier, always does great. And I know it seems like Otis and him are going to be maybe splitting up soon with the the male models thing. So maybe, you know, let Chad hold some gold, man. He deserves it. 
He can suplex mm-hmm. any amount of weight. Mm. It's impressive. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the, the the Norman Bates build for that Royal Rumble is, <laughs> yes. I mean, just breathtaking, breathtaking <laughs> to see. I don't know, no spoilers there. Just that is uh, that alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah, there's a, there's just so many out. little beats to that thing that just mm-hmm. happened serendipitously that we were like, th- th- we couldn't have asked for a better better booking. <laughs> really fantastic. <laughs> uh, Danielle, what would you like to put over? I have always said that wrestling is about relationships. And wrestling is real life. And we saw that most assuredly between a couple of friends who were beefing over a misunderstanding on TikTok about last Tupperware and who it gets to go home with. These women had a back and forth that sounds better than any promo you have ever heard. Um, I think maybe let's just like start um, with... The end of the first round in this, where it is explained that you are not allowed to do this. And then at the end, the culprit was announced, wherein they said, like, Fanita, you gotta return the glass Tupperware. The other the husband didn't know the rules. And from there they went. Pyrex instigated. It was beautiful and awesome. And this is how wrestling is just real life. And you don't realize it until you see it. Somebody, somebody, please tell my husband that you don't send glass Tupperware with guests. You don't send those with guests. You give guests plastic Tupperware. Vanita, bring back my glassware. Ben don't know the rules. Amber. I am the head honcho. Pyrex saw me steal from your home and your child, and they rewarded me for being a fucking thief. (laughs) That's why I tell y'all, never be the good guy. Never be the good guy. Bad people win. I'm a known thief on the internet, and they still gave me the hookup. I encourage you to look up the entire saga. It is incredibly funny. And you get to watch Fanita go from being someone who took advantage of someone who didn't know the rules to becoming freaking Magneto. It is amazing. So go watch. <laughs> Lindsay. I was going to put over Excalibur saying we're just normal men, just innocent men. Yes. Uh, on Dynamite, which <laughs> was one of the greatest men. moments of my entire life. Uh, I thought I'd died. I thought I'd transcended. I'm like, was my, did my brain just merge completely? <laughs> but then Sonya Deville went and got engaged uh, and posted the pictures to Instagram and she got the people exclusive. She got the sweet people exclusive. Get that cash. Daria, get that cash. Um, and I love love. So I got to put over love because it's really sweet. And I know, again, I've turned into such a conventional nana. I've been waiting on this. Those two are so sweet. Those two are so sweet. I've been waiting for that <laughs> ring drop. I didn't know which way it would come from. I'm delighted, delighted by the whole thing. But go check out the photos because it's just like very classy, very lovely. And just like so much love between those two. And they love look it. so similar. Also, yeah, I completely I died and we're just <laughs> normal men. I follow the we're just normal men Twitter account that just replays yeah. that clip. We watch it a couple of times and, a day in this yeah. house because that's our religion yeah. and it's appropriate. Uh, I want to put over an account I found on TikTok where a woman has gone to classic WWE promos and just reenacted them. So so you have to imagine you're watching the video of this and she has dubbed her voice over top. 
So, so this is what it sounds like. Well, Slaughter, I got news for you. I'm gonna bring all the heavy artillery I got, and I'm gonna put you away for good. But there's one piece of artillery I'm not gonna use. I'm gonna save that for your old lady, and it's the big bazooka. <laughs> So there you go. You get the idea. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link to that. You, you got to check it out. Also, just watch the, if you've not yet seen the roman Sammy match, all the small things that Roman does in that match, all the stuff that's not directly on a microphone, him talking to Sammy's wife. The the, kiss. I, I'm a fan of the little moments. Yeah. Oh, so That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our special guest was James A. Janice. Please, uh, will you tell everybody where where should they be looking for you? Where can you go watch Dead Meat Everything? Yeah. Give us all the links. Dead please. Meat on YouTube. The big show is The Kill Count. We also have the podcast, which is run by my lovely wife, Chelsea Rebecca. And we do lots of other fun things. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me, Dead Meat. Dead Meat. There you go, Danielle. Follow my Twitter account. I am in a new Star Trek Online official TTB RPG show if you like watching me do TTB RPG shows and Star Trek Online loves us so go find us we're building a ship it's really exciting and I'm having a really fun time and the cast is amazing and bloop 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 um, so yeah go check that out yes please go read all of Lindsay Kelk's books also if you enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and you like that MODOK listen to my MODOK on Squirrel Girl Unbeatable Radio Show that's enjoyable too you can also listen to my other uh, Max Fun podcast we got this with Mark and Hal listen to me on Good Morning Night Vale find me in the video game uh, uh, what's the name of it High on Life that's right I'm in that game a bunch oh cool uh but yeah, follow me at How Love Button everywhere on the socials. Our producer is one lucky pun, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. You can keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. Those are in the show notes. That's also where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. You give us money, we give you clothes. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported